Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Stephen, thank you very much uh, for the time. And how did you begin to look for or, or find clues that stroke me that would be the first symptom of COVID among the young? Yeah, so uh, thank you, Roy, for having uh, having me on your show. The the um, looked at a couple things. We first of all, um, as you probably know, there are many studies coming out of multiple research centers around the world as COVID broke out, uh, looking at a number of factors. One of which was stroke. Um, so the first thing we did was look at a number of those investigations and focus specifically on the stroke aspect um, to see if we could find any clues there. Uh, and we also looked at uh, some of our own data here and some other locations, uh, unpublished studies to, 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 to compare the incidence of stroke, uh, you know, between COVID patients and non-COVID patients. Uh, just reading some of the stories about your research and your team reported that approximately two in every 100 patients admitted to hospital with COVID-19 will suffer a stroke and 35% will die as a result of both conditions. So do I understand this correctly? The stroke appears after the admission to hospital? It can. So first of all, those numbers are correct. So we found that about 2% of all patients admitted to hospital with COVID uh, Mm -hmm. had a stroke. Um, Many of them, you're right, the stroke was identified after admission, but in Many patients, and half of those patients under 50, the stroke was the first sign. So they presented to the hospital with a stroke, and they were subsequently found out to have COVID-19. So now, how does, and we've heard a lot, and a great deal has been said about how COVID affects people who are older and may have uh, pre-existing conditions. How does this stroke scenario fit into that? Yeah, so there were there were likely higher incidence of pre-existing conditions in both the older and younger patients, but many of them did not. And that may have something to do with how the strokes are being caused in these people. But, but yes, most of them or more of them had had other pre-existing conditions, but many did not. And so there were patients with no pre-existing conditions who, who did have strokes and that, that was happening more often in the younger group. I probably should have asked you this question a lot earlier. It's the fundamental journalistic question and that's why. Why is COVID doing this? How's it happening? Yeah, so that's a bit of an unknown, but um, there are a number of theories. First of all, we know uh, that uh, COVID is not strictly a respiratory disease and that it uses the lungs or the respiratory tissue to enter into the body and that produces more traditional respiratory symptoms. But once it enters the body, um, it it can infect anything and cause symptoms all over the place. And one of them we field is an inflammatory process and the blood vessels themselves can get inflamed. So if the blood vessels in the brain get inflamed, that can lead to blockages and lead to stroke. There's also, we know that the condition causes the blood to clot abnormally. and uh, That can also lead to strokes, of course, if the arteries supplying blood to the brain get clogged off. And you may have heard also of uh, heart problems with COVID. Yes. And if there's inflammation or clotting in the heart, that can also lead to stroke as well. So there are multiple mechanisms where strokes can occur in these patients. How much of this is because of uh, COVID, of the virus, changing, uh, adapting, and just um, mutating? I don't know if that's the right word, but just COVID changing. I don't think any of this really has much to do with, with, with COVID changing per se. I think this is more um, just 
we have more information now on this virus. I think it's inherent property of this coronavirus that's causing this, and we just have more data at this stage to be able to see this. So what's the takeaway here? Well, the takeaway is that this is not a, a respiratory disease strictly, that this is a, a systemic or entire body disease that can can, can infect uh, or cause problems anywhere. In this case, we found it in the brain, but it can be other locations, so that's the first take-home. The second take-home is that uh, if a patient has a stroke, and this is particularly for, for medical professionals, if someone, young person, has a stroke um, and they're at risk for COVID, this is something they should be thinking about as a possibility. There was a, a statement attributed to uh, one of your team members at the University of Western Ontario, and that was COVID-19 has changed the stroke landscape worldwide. You speak to that? Yeah, abso- absolutely. I mean, anytime you have a condition that causes, that has a, a you know, higher than normal rate of stroke, that changes things. It changes it for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, when a patient uh, comes in with a stroke, um, it's uh, we have a number of protocols uh, in place to uh, deal with it emergently to see if there's any way we can reverse things. That becomes more complicated in the COVID situation because we have to of course, protect all the staff working with this person, requiring personal protective equipment and, and, and so forth. Um, so it, it dramatically complicates the treatment of strokes and at the same time is producing more of them. So it's a, a, a double whammy when it comes to stroke care. So as we find out information such as yours at the University of Western Ontario, and uh, I'm sure the global medical community is, is glad to, to know that you you know, have this information and know you did the, the research, but do, do these developments, these um, uh, surprises almost. Do they affect vaccine development? Um, so not, I, I would I'd say no. I would not say the finding that this this type of complication can occur would, would lead to a change in vaccine development other than to underline the fact that it's important to develop one. But the, the un- inherent virology behind the infection of uh, would not not be changed by this finding, which is what's leading the vaccine development. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.